0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you in the studio
1: tonight, you've got Ian. And Chris. And also... Nobody. This one's from torrentfreak.com. I know you spent a lot of time on, on that site. But uh, it's all about this website called Z Library. Have oh, Have yeah. you heard of it? Yep. I had not heard of it at all until I saw this headline that uh, so-called U.S. authorities have seized the Z-Library domain names. Uh, This happened a few weeks ago at this point, but it is apparently what is called an e-book repository. Z-Library became inaccessible earlier this month. Uh, DNS records and other information suggest the Shadow Library was targeted by the Postal Inspection Service. That's the Postal Cops. Yeah. Uh, In collaboration with the so-called Department of Justice pretty much every book ever written is available online for free and millions are shared through central hubs commonly known as shadow libraries now it seems like it's probably not every book ever ever written i don't know how close you can get to <laughs> I and mean, there's a lot of old books out there right where there's only a few copies or one copy in existence i'm i'm going to call you know skeptic. i'm a little skeptical that those exist on this z library but i've never been and i wouldn't know what to look for if if that were the case so i yeah, don't really
2: know I'm, I'm not an expert on rare books so couldn't but tell you
1: i bet you they got a, a lot of them there i mean it sounds like they had over 11 million books at this z library website and having not ever used it having never heard of it my understanding is you just go there and you download like an ebook, a PDF, or a Kindle file, or something like that. It's,
2: yeah, it, I mean, it, it was the Pirate Bay of books, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there is actually another one that, but without is, torrents, just direct downloads, right? You know, I I'm you wouldn't not, need to torrent a book. A good that's, question, and I, I'm not entirely sure. I imagine books are small, probably not. You can fit a you know a thousand page book in a for few sure. megabytes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know there's uh, there's another one that's 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 actually probably more well known uh, than Z Library. Oh, really? Um, Do you know yeah, what it's called? I, I've been trying to think of it at the moment. And it's so I, well known, you don't remember it. <laughs> you know, it's just not. You know, I read about this stuff, but it's it's like it's like not one of these things that I'm particularly you, don't go and, yeah. you know using or focused right. on. So, um, it's just in the back of my head, and it's like, oh yeah, when I see it, I'll know it, and you know, I might be able to recall it sometimes, but.
1: Well, Z Library, according to TorrentFreak.com, was one of the largest shadow libraries on the internet. Through a variety of domain names, the site offered over 11 million books and 84 million articles. So I guess they've got magazine scans uh, there. Close look at domain records reveals the name servers uh, of some of the key domain names, including z-lib.org, and some others were pointed at seizedservers.com yesterday. Which are controlled by the US Department of Justice and are often used to shut down websites as part of criminal proceedings. Other Z Library affiliated uh, domain names do not share those servers. They instead went to a, an IP address where this federal site seized servers is hosted. So it sounds like they snatched all of them up. Uh, although I think later on they talk about how the tour site is
2: still online or was. It, it was. It, it did finally go down. Oh, um, no, I don't know. I I think there was some. So I don't think that story is the latest. But I I do believe there might be some other people who have not been arrested. There's
1: an update that they're 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 going after some Russians apparently.
2: Yeah. So it may end up coming back. Well, I think the people that they arrested were russian but they were in argentina so Mm. but Mm -hmm. i believe if the other people are also russian there's a Good chance they're they're not going to be able to. The U.S. authorities are not going to be able to extradite them because Russia doesn't extradite its own citizens. So if they're in Russia, okay. right? right. So it might be that Z Library comes back. Hmm. Um, but they did manage to shut down the hosting as well as seize the domain names at this point. Damn. So and it will certainly be under attack. Um, as far as the other uh, bigger, uh, well-known, uh, like like uh, I don't know if it's an alternative, but something similar to it is something called Sci Hub. It's S C I Hub. And in um, Like science Is this a, a Library it's, A shadow it's, library this is, this is how it's described Sci-Hub is a non-profit And ad-free Shadow library mm-hmm. website That provides free And open access To over 85.4 million Scientific article Scientific mm-hmm. Okay Articles and research papers, bypassing publishers' paywalls and restrictions through various means. I guess it's not the same. So it's thing. focused. There's um, a specific topic. Yeah, science. it's it's more research oriented as opposed mm-hmm. to I guess Z library is so I guess they're not the same thing, it's just it's sort of similar. Um but that's the side hub has definitely been a target of the copyright cartels for a long time and wow. hasn't, they haven't managed to shut it down. How
1: dare they allow people access to scientific
2: information, it, which humorously is generally paid for by governments, mm-hmm. your money. And Universities yet you can't, and, yep. Yeah. And yet you can't access it mm-hmm. um, without paying a publisher. Hmm. What a scam.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, basically they're going after these people. We'll talk about the, the actual charges here in a moment. Cause they did, they're trying to make some arrests uh, that uh, they're going after people for encouraging people to read, I mean, they're literally going to put somebody in a prison cell for giving people books, access to books. That's
2: seriously what we're talking about here. You know, I I am kind of curious if if they got all of them, because I think there was a hydra of domain names, and they're not all, uh, not all domains are under U.S. jurisdiction, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there was, for example, uh, there was a court order in India. That ordered, I think it was like Namecheap and a bunch of others to uh, suspend the domain name, something to that effect, right? Mm-hmm. And the registers didn't comply because they're not under in India's jurisdiction. That's good, and uh, yeah, that, that is kind of good. um But they would have if the U.S. Uh, sent the same order, right? Because they were U.S. name, re- at mm-hmm. least Namecheap is a U.S. register. Yeah. So it, it is interesting. It is interesting if they have been successful at seizing all of them and even if they were um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're that every domain register uh, is going to cooperate Um, because obviously there are something like 200 countries and I don't know that there's I mean there's almost there's probably almost as many registers because each country has a domain register Mm -hmm. for you know its domain it might be contracted out so it might be under US jurisdiction still so you can't just you can't just get like Just because you get some weirdo extension .TZ
1: or something like that doesn't mean that you'll have protection.
2: It could fall under U.S. jurisdiction still Mm -hmm. if it's contracted to a U.S. company to to manage. Makes sense. um but yeah there's certainly uh, there are certainly domain registers that are not necessarily going to be compliant like maybe a .ru or something like that or the Russian .su one. um yeah Soviet Union
1: Let's continue here uh well the
2: Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore there actually a .su There is and really? you can still register uh now you have to I think you have to be a Russian citizen or something like that or an oh, ex-Soviet weird. Yeah like citizen Who's running um, it is it the Russian state or something? I, I don't it? know enough about the details.
1: Um, did that domain name? I mean, the internet didn't really exist to any ser- serious extent in when the Soviet Union was around.
2: <sighs> so, like, where did that one come from? Yeah, I mean, it's that's it, it is an interesting one. So, I guess the domain name system predates the internet, huh? Which is kind of weird, but because yeah, the internet like came into being like commercialized yeah. in ninety four, mm-hmm. and the Soviet Union collapsed what ninety one I think it was like ninety two something like that. I think it was earlier than I think I feel like it was eighty nine, but I could be wrong. Oh no, I'm thinking of the Berlin Wall coming
1: yeah. down. Yeah, well, um, maybe I'm thinking of the Berlin. Anyway, it was around that time. You had said uh, to me uh, during the break there when we were chatting that uh, you're you're like me on this one. You you'd never even heard of these things before the the raid happened. Any thoughts on? this uh, situation
3: uh no uh i i mean my main thought on it is why the hell is the government enforcing monopolies for dead people anyway (laughs) um that's a good point of
1: all these books that are on this website how many of they said 12 million books how many of these authors are are long since passed away that's a good
3: point yeah and the thing is the constitution specifies that the government can uh I can encourage production, they say it does that, I don't think it does, um, by maintaining a limited monopoly for, or maintaining a monopoly for a limited time, but (laughs) no, uh, copyrights didn't expire at all, or almost at all, in the whole 20th century. Yeah, because they kept making them
2: longer. The, mm-hmm. the original uh, period for copyright was seven years. Now, huh. it could be extended to 14, I believe, with an extension.
1: And now is it like 75 or something? No, 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 now? no.
2: It's, 75
3: it's... years after the death of the author Uh, the author might be a corporation and who knows what happens if it's a corporation
2: Mm. then it could be even longer it can be over 100 years wow um something like 110 years i think
3: waiting for a corporation to die it could be forever
2: that's a good point yeah corporations are designed Mm. to live forever i think there is a i think there is a limitation on that in theory um but the problem Mm. is that they keep extending it so Mm you know in practice <laughs> just because it's 110 years now as soon as you know disney's uh, mickey mouse goes to expire again mm-hmm. well then, then it extended gets extended again. Mm-hmm.
1: So here's the latest on the Z Library situation. Also from torrentfreak.com, they have uh, apparently been going after—they fi- finally named the people. They unsealed an indictment for two Russian nationals in Anton Napolsky and Valeria Ermakova, ages 33 and 27, supposedly responsible for running the Z Library site. They've been accused of criminal copyright infringement, wire fraud, and money laundering. got to throw those two in there. I'm not sure how they're accusing them of those things, because they're just running a website where they had books for people to download. I mean,
3: the the thing is... Well, they're redefining money laundering so that if you make money by anything illegal, they're pretty much considering it laundering if you ever spend it. You have to keep it in your mattress.
2: If you you even say that you support piracy or you Mm -hmm. give people the impression uh, like, for example, the Kazaa case is extraordinarily disturbing, but Casa was a file-sharing program. Yeah, I remember it that. didn't, and I believe it was decentralized in such a way, so it wasn't like Napster.
1: So the two that are accused here in the Z Library case are allegedly from St. Petersburg, but were arrested in Argentina on November 3rd, right around the same time when the domain names were seized. They were carried out at the request of the U.S. government, which will presumably seek their extradition. Quote, as alleged, the defendants profited illegally off the work they stole, often uploading works within mere hours of publication, and in the process, victimized authors, publishers, and booksellers, according to the U.S. attorney. In I'll the tell case. you what, I would
3: rather have somebody enjoying my work than jacking my earnings through taxation, so... Yeah, Uh, you know, if anybody's victimizing anybody, it's still the government. You know, I
2: think Mm. there's something else to point out here: is you don't necessarily have to rely on copyright in order to make money off of your, you know, uh, creative efforts, Mm -hmm. and lots of people don't uh you know, rely on copyright to make money off their creative efforts. Myself is partially included. Um but um there's but there's lots of other people who do it. Um there's uh independent developers working on the Crypto Six documentary. They did uh some um self uh crowdfunding sorts of uh crowdfunding to get their seed money going to get that project off the ground. Um but there's all sorts of different means of you know making you know money. Some people use you know selling merchandise like like YouTubers often. The US attorney who is
1: Curiously, given the last name of peace Brion Peace, he needs to change that name because he's not doing things that are very peaceful uh but peace uh, or something yeah, they're exactly <laughs> uh he has claimed that they're profiting illegally from the work that they stole, often uploading works within mere hours of publication. And that supposedly victimized authors, publishers, and booksellers. And this has long been the claim of the copyright advocates,
2: is that piracy harms people with copyrights. I don't buy it. Let's just assume it does for a moment. Okay. Okay. The problem with this is that you are using violence against peaceful people. Okay? That's what copyright is. Copyright is violence. It's the use of violence. It's a system of violence backed or and or enabled by the government against peaceful people it is and what
3: happened to the to the whole issue of of monopoly anyway isn't that isn't that supposed to be oh so awful
2: limited time has
3: a monopoly
2: yeah it is in any other industry it would be illegal but not not in the uh well
1: guys if we didn't have copyright then no one would ever make a creative work Except
2: that there's tons of content on YouTube <laughs> and there's plenty of other, uh, you know, uh, operations like oh, but I don't It's know. all copyrighted. So I work
3: said- on open source software. It's uh, <laughs> Technically, it's copyrighted, but it's copyrighted just for the purpose of nobody yeah. else being able to prevent me from using
2: yeah. it. Yep. Uh, my partner and I, we work on free software uh, all the time. Uh, free software or open source is another. Common term for it, but basically it's a freely available, downloadable. Um, you know, we're it's not like we're not making money. We sell uh, we sell wireless routers, and that's running free software, and that software runs on other routers that aren't that are not our routers. So you could potentially benefit by installing it on your router that you didn't even buy from us. It's not like we're not making money off of those creative endeavors. We are. Yeah,
3: I'm not going to get off on the weeds here, but I think you need to take another look at Docker, by the way. It's the bee's
2: knees. Yeah, we're getting off into the weeds here. <laughs> yeah. Docker
1: is, uh, is a Linux program,
2: and yeah, it's pretty technical. Yeah, it's what I understand. virtualization or well, not really. But
1: uh, anyway, back to uh, this issue of copyright and people going out there and just trying to share things. Uh, there were... Obviously, copyright didn't exist forever, right? Like, prior to copyright, there was a ton of artistic endeavor that uh, the world had. So the whole idea that copyright Not only
3: were all the works of Shakespeare written without the benefit of of copyright, the reality is a lot of his stories were stories that had been floating around forever. Mm -hmm. What
2: he did
3: is he added language to them.
2: Once you write the thing, you're done, right? Like. It, it actually reduces competition in the market. That's the crazy thing. Like, what do you mean by that? It reduces competition copyright in the market. Copyright Does yeah, copyright does because it's an exclusive license. So, mm-hmm. and I'll give you an example. Um, do you remember back when uh, there were these things called uh, VHS rental, you know, stores? Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the reason that VHS rental stores were even able to exist. Oh Yeah. yeah was because of a court ruling yeah. that basically said that if you bought something, you could rent it out. And that had to be established because um, the copyright cartel, Hollywood, basically, Mm -hmm. um, basically tried to say you can't distribute or something to that effect because we own the exclusive right. But the Supreme Court decided, no, 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 you sold that right effectively Mm -hmm. or something to that effect. And now these rental stores can rent your movie out and make a little bit of money off it. Right. Yeah, that's true.
1: Except there was a a carve out for CDs and records. So there's an actually an exception apparently. So it's true for video content, well, but not true for audio. Well,
2: notice how today we only have a handful of online outlets that uh where you can, you know, buy or well rent rent sort basically Netflixes, right? There's mm-hmm. a very small number of places you can go. We used to have thousands and thousands of yeah. small rental places across the United States. Now They're gone. They're gone. They're all gone because they were put out of business because that that exception, that carve out basically to copyright Mm -hmm. did not extend to the internet. You cannot set up, you cannot go out, buy some DVDs and start streaming those DVDs. You have to license the content. You have to license the content and that is severely restricted by the copyright holders. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yep.
1: Yeah. We looked into that in detail one night on Free Talk Live and and we talked about uh, that situation. Basically, the argument is... I mean, for the more kind of like understandable argument is like, if you have a physical copy, you only have one, right? If you have one VHS or one DVD on a shelf, then that only can be taken by one person and then brought back. But
2: with an online streaming, then
1: you can, in theory, as much bandwidth as you have, you it's, can stream as many times. Except as the want.
2: problem with this logic, right, is that. If you have one DVD and you want to stream that one DVD to another person, right, not smaller than one person, Mm -hmm. but just one stream per DVD that you have, you should be able to do that. But you can't because copyright law doesn't allow it. Uh, Gotcha.
1: It's crazy. Uh, According to the story here, they say whether the two that are accused are believed to have been involved with Z Library from the start is unknown. The acts laid out in the indictment start on January of 2018. Again, the site's been around... For apparently about a decade, the criminal investigation was launched by the cybercrime Task Force and carried out with help from the national and foreign law enforcement offices. Argentina played a key role in the matter as it helped to arrest the two suspects. The Department of Justice stresses defendants are presumed innocent unless and until proven guilty. Of course, as we know, uh, in a lot of these cases, people will just take the plea deal. They are facing a series of charges, including money laundering, wire fraud, and uh, whatever the copyright-related stuff was. Is there even a charge for that?
2: That That, that would be entertaining if they did not charge them with some sort of copyright (laughs) offense, but they charged them with everything else. Let me pull it up. Okay, it is. Yeah, count one is criminal copyright. Chris, you had a story
1: about Bitcoin, again, under attack uh, in the uh, the european union of course it's under attack in the united states as well but oh for sure you know th- this story could very easily have been quotes from the federal reserve or the treasury department in the
2: u.s they all are saying the same things about bitcoin pretty much pretty much um it does seem like they're, they're a little bit more active uh the officials in europe as far as like, like legislatively you mean uh, i don't know speaking out on it i think I just in general they're like the banking officials i don't um, know they're they're pretty uh, active here in the united states they're targeting companies like library lbry.com oh, no, 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 no. i'm just talking about giving opinions not yeah. necessarily like legal action obviously legal action actually legal action i feel like it's happening maybe more here or at least we don't hear about charges. it. If it's happening
1: there, we don't hear about it. That doesn't mean it's not happening.
2: I think they are cracking down at a legislative level there mm-hmm. more. Uh, but it's on like exchanges, whereas here it's less on exchanges and more on. I mean, it's, companies I it's on. I guess they're doing it through regulations here too, but. It, 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 there's been a lot, I think there's been a lot more criminal charges against mm-hmm. individuals selling cryptocurrency here than there has been in the EU. But I, it could just be you know that we're not we hearing hear about, about it, it because it's not being translated. The stories aren't being translated sure. to English or you know whatever, right? So what's the news now? So this is a story from TechCrunch and it's interesting. It's an official talking about crypto and the headline of the story is Bitcoin rarely used for legal transactions. Hold on, illegal transactions. Bitcoin rarely used for legal transactions. For legal transactions, because yes. I remember hearing the opposite,
1: and I don't, I can't cite who who this was. Right, I don't have the the data in front of me. But somebody yeah. years ago looked at the the blockchain or whatever, and somehow was able to say that. The, that only like 2% or less of Bitcoin
2: transactions are so, going into darknet marketplaces yeah, and things. You have to remember that when they outlaw cryptocurrency, it makes all transactions illegal. illegal. Therefore... <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. So outside of the you know government moving the crypto, mm-hmm. the transaction's illegal. Therefore, you know... I could see if that's what they're trying to say. <laughs> I mean, they basically... That's basically what they're doing. That's the kind of slimy kind of uh, speak you would expect from them. On the road to irrelevance, say European Central Bank officials. Oh, that is their total dream, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is this is just one big hit piece on Mm -hmm. you know crypto. But who published this story? uh, This is from TechCrunch. I don't think. Okay, I I, I don't think TechCrunch necessarily. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think this is like a hit piece, like from tech crunch authors necessarily i haven't read the story mind you but it definitely is a is a sort of uh covering us an official yeah they're on the attack on the attack
1: yeah dancing on the grave of bitcoin
2: and cryptocurrency
1: despite all of the attacks against it is probably one of the closest things we have
2: to a free market an unregulated market uh, you know i don't know if i'd go that far only because there's been so much regulation despite the fact that we you know it and i'm and i'm not i'm talking about mostly this is on the exchanges Mm -hmm. but it's the government keeps saying that it's unregulated like that's sort of the fear right but it's it's it is regulated i mean look at the kyc i mean they're going after you for not complying with what is kyc that's that's regulation know your customer right Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I mean, yes, it's true. It doesn't have uh, – it's it's not backed by government, so to speak. So you might not get bailed out. But it's also never – it was not created to be an investment. It was created to be a currency, mm-hmm. right? And don't get me wrong. Yes, there's people who invest in fiat currencies, um, but – It's a crappy investment. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, um, you don't invest in currencies. So mm-hmm. – Anyway, plus people aren't using it. A lot of people aren't using it, the, and what I would I would call investor types, they're not using it as it was intended. They're not holding the crypto in their own wallet. They're putting it on an exchange. And the, the and Bitcoin literally came out of the 2008 recession um, as a means of basically giving the user control. It was to enable you to be your own bank, effectively. <laughs> yes, when you hand your uh your currency or your value to another party, you're putting yourself at risk big time. And, and uh, people haven't learned that and, lesson yet. Right. right, and people haven't learned that lesson and people are people basically are being stupid and um they're doing the same thing they did before bitcoin existed, but mm-hmm. with bitcoin yeah. now. And it's like how did you expect this to go, mm-hmm. right? It you know, you sh- anyway. Well, and a lot of the
3: problem there is Everybody is susceptible to greed. Mm. And when Bitcoin first came came around, we were talking about, you know, hey, we can bank the unbanked. There are people all over the world who can't afford a bank account. We can fix that with cryptocurrency. And then all of a sudden in 2017, everybody started worrying about the moon and they stopped thinking about the actual use cases mm-hmm. of Bitcoin, you know? I mean, micropayments are a huge thing. You can make w- payments with Bitcoin cash. You can't make them with your credit card. Well, I,
2: and you know um, what? I think this is the difference between what I would call the investor type and people who actually value freedom, right? And, and the reason that Bitcoin was created in the first and place. And technology. I yeah. mean,
3: just as a technical um just just as a
2: technical feat it's amazing yeah we use Hmm. cryptocurrency not because we're looking to make money um at least i I think i think the three of us would say that um i certainly Mm -hmm. would um i i use it because of you know out of principle i use it because it has the uh, potential um you know to do really good things in the world so it doesn't matter if bitcoin is worth two dollars two hundred dollars twenty thousand dollars or two billion Mm dollars right um it's still useful for conducting business it's still useful as a currency. Uh, the problem with it falling is or going up is is more of interest I think to the investor type mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, I love it when it goes up, but
3: well, <laughs> sure I think it's also interesting to the Federal Reserve because I don't know if you guys remember one of the first things that i that I said when I was trying to look for threats was. Pumping, pumping, and dumping by the federal government. Oh yeah! And I think what they did is basically first they they bought the uh, they used blockchain to buy the developers. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Then they started pumping BTC specifically, and th- why? Because they wanted to keep all eyes on the chain. They knew would never do anything because they already controlled it. Okay, and when you've got literally all the money in the world, because you can print as much as you want, you can do that um, Mm. very easily. Um, Yeah,
1: what you're talking about is how Bitcoin, BTC, the the sort of the original granddaddy of all the other cryptos, has essentially been captured. But even though it's an open source project, it's been captured by these big bankers who bought uh you said blockchain but i don't think that's what you meant it, uh, it's blockstream
3: blockstream yeah mm. it's a
1: corporation well, I had a lot of developers bitcoin developers that paid a bunch of the main ones right yep. cuz technically anyone who can program can quote unquote develop for bitcoin right uh, you, can, you can
2: you can submit you can submit patches and right things yeah. like that but they don't have to accept them so mm. and and the people who get to decide whether to accept them or not are the are the controlled these guys, individuals? Right. Yeah, yeah, the controlled individuals.
1: And they ran out some of the originals, like Gavin Andreessen, who was actually a listener of this show. Uh he's a libertarian guy, lives down in Amherst. He was the guy that Satoshi Nakamoto handed over the the, the keys, basically, when Satoshi disappeared. He turned over everything to Gavin Andreessen. Well, they ran him out on a rail, basically. Whatever so,
3: happened to Gavin? What's he doing? I'm
1: pretty sure he's still down in Amherst. Is he still working on uh, on crypto? I don't know about that. That's a great question. If if he is I'd, working on crypto, I'd
3: like to find out. Because yeah. I I mean, I read his book; it was great, but I'd love to pick his brain.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a cool guy for sure. I mean, he's he's in the neighborhood, so it's not hard to get together with him if if that's what you want to do. Uh,
2: so what else, Chris? Yeah, so let's see here. Uh, the value of Bitcoin recently finding stability at around twenty thousand dollars when was an artificially induced last year gasp before the road to irrelevance and this was already foreseeable before ftx went bust real bitcoin transactions are cumbersome slow and expensive bitcoin yeah is, well which bitcoin- is
3: exactly how it was kept deliberately yeah in it, my opinion
2: it is yeah and there's there every place that takes bitcoin is also taking bitcoin cash right like some some of these arguments are kind of like.
3: Yeah, there are some. There are some idiots who think that uh, the Bitcoin's going to end up with a with a monopoly, and nobody will have sure, any choice sure. but to use Bitcoin. But
2: have I, I can't even think of any places that take Bitcoin that don't also take like Bitcoin Cash. And it, it's just I think it's I think it's very curious that somebody's like, oh well, because Bitcoin doesn't you know work well for you know because it has expensive transactions. Let's say right. That somehow that means Which it does. It, well, right. Okay. Um, it, it, they are higher than, say, Bitcoin Cash and, and most other cryptos. Yeah, but. It doesn't mean that like crypto is dead just because it's just it's just another means of their means of um, attacking it basically.
1: They're basically saying, oh, the Model T just isn't the gre- greatest car in the world, and as though the Model T was the only, only car, car that has right. ever been made. And it's like there's so many other cryptocurrencies that have built off of what Bitcoin created, and they've made things that are better and faster, right? Like they've they've made things. Uh, you mentioned Bitcoin Cash, of course which yep. is sort of i mean it's not the true original bitcoin because they have changed it right uh since that time but it's been upgraded in different ways and that's one of the things they haven't done with with bitcoin btc they've they've made changes behind the scenes but they haven't helped it scale right they've done they've done this mm, stupid right. lightning th- thing that yeah. they've slapped onto it which and it's
3: just so confusing it, lightning anyway. is nothing like Bitcoin. Yeah. It's, no. it's a complete it's completely different conceptually. Yeah, it's yeah. it's
2: just a layer on top of
1: Bitcoin. So and it's created by the very same company, this Blockstream. They're the ones who are behind Lightning. They are the ones who were funded with the big bankers' money. AXA, which is a huge international bank based, I believe, in Europe and mastercard through the digital currency group these are two of the major investors in blockstream so there's big banking interests that are behind this blockstream corporation it really it
2: should make people ask the question of why bitcoin has never been used this is this this is just such a great quote bitcoin has never been used to any significant extent for illegal real world transactions Is that the most laughable thing you've ever heard, guys? Yeah, it is because we live in a town where <laughs> you
1: can use Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies all the time. I use cryptocurrencies
2: pretty much every day. You Used it today. Multiple I saw you times. Do it. You it, bought
1: barbecue. It, it, uh, yeah, with it.
2: Yeah, or I guess you didn't have the barbecue, but you bought. You well, were, we were at a barbecue. I bought place. food. I bought yeah, food you, at a barbecue right. place with it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is just this is just so ridiculous, and it's and, and the funny the funny thing about this is oh, like you didn't use Bitcoin. Used uh, another cryptocurrency. Did I just say Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, I use Bitcoin Cash. Uh, you're right. Um, but anyway, um, well, yeah. Though, I mean, the funny thing about this is I like- thought you used Monero.
1: I know Monero was No, you're discussed. right. You're right.
2: I think it was. Yeah. I You know what? Most of the time I'm using Bitcoin Cash because right. that's what is accepted at... But uh, this with owner Pay. can take Monero. But she so can take took, Monero. Yeah, so we yeah. had a conversation about taking Monero, and yeah. then I ended up spending Monero. Monero, by the way, for listeners that don't
1: know, is kind of like the premier privacy coin, whereas Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and a lot of the other ones are completely public in that their blockchain or the digital ledger that they are backed by is visible publicly. All the transactions can be seen uh, by anyone who wants to look Monero, on the other hand, is completely secretive. Like you don't, you cannot know what's going on on the Monero network. It's very, very interesting uh, technology there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and yeah. the governments really uh, don't like that. Oh yeah, they yeah. definitely don't like that. Um, which is one of the reasons why I like to see it more widely adopted. I know. <laughs> um, I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and, and and coming as as somebody who does use it on a regular basis, it's and it's not even like. I'm just buying cryptocurrency and spending it. It's I'm accepting cryptocurrency through my business mm-hmm. and my business spending. Right. So it's like, you know, you know, telling you know, saying something like this is just it just it it's just blows me away ridiculous. because it's so ridiculous. And it's the not prob- true. The, the
1: problem is we know it's not true, but the average person who has only ever heard of Bitcoin on, you know, various different news broadcasts and maybe their grandson has Bitcoin or their daughter has Bitcoin. They've never really taken a close look at it. They're going to read this story and they're going to say, Oh my God, Bitcoin's so dangerous. It's mm. being well, used for
3: the average person thinks that their, their COVID would have been much v- worse if they hadn't had 17 vaccines mm. for it. Yeah, the, the <laughs> truth
2: the truth of the matter is there are uh, a large volume a large percentage of the volume in terms of transactions that are occurring are in fact literally they they're they're not illegal but they're just trades. Bitcoin has never been used this is this, this is just such a great quote. Bitcoin has never been used to any significant extent or legal or real world transactions. <laughs> is that the most laughable thing you've ever heard guys? Yeah, it is cuz
1: we live in a town where <laughs> you can use Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies
2: all the time. I use cryptocurrencies pretty much every day. You used it today. I saw you times. do it. You it, bought barbecue it, uh yeah. with it.
1: Yeah, or I guess you didn't have the barbecue, but you bought. You well, were, we were at a barbecue. I bought place. food. I bought yeah, food you, at a barbecue right. place with it. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, I mean, this is just this is just so ridiculous, and it's and, and the funny the funny thing about this is oh, like, Well you didn't use Bitcoin, you uh, used another cryptocurrency. Did I just say Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I, I use Bitcoin Cash. Uh, you're right, um, but anyway, um, well, yeah, the, I mean, the funny thing about this is I like, thought you used Monero. I know Monero was No, you're discussed. right. You're right. I think it was. Yes. I You know what? Most of the time I'm using Bitcoin Cash because right. that's what is accepted at... But uh, this with owner AnyPay. can take Monero. But she so can take took, Monero. Yeah, so yeah. we had a conversation about taking Monero, and yeah. then I did ended
1: up spending Monero. Monero, by the way, for listeners that don't know, is kind of like the premier privacy coin, whereas Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and a lot of the other ones are completely public in that their blockchain or the digital ledger that they are backed by is visible publicly. All the transactions can be seen uh, by anyone who wants to look, Monero, on the other hand, is completely secretive. Like You, don't, you cannot know what's going on in the Monero networks. Very, very interesting uh, technology there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and yeah. the governments really don't like that. Oh, yeah, they yeah. definitely don't like that, um, which is one of the reasons why I like to see it more widely adopted. I know. <laughs> um, I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and, and, and coming as, as somebody who does use it on a regular basis, it's and it's not even like I'm just buying cryptocurrency and spending it. It's I'm accepting cryptocurrency through my business, mm-hmm. and my business spends. ThinkPenguin.com. Right, right. So it's like, you know, you know, telling you know, saying something like this is just—it just—it just blows me away ridiculous. because it's so ridiculous, and it's the not prob- true. Th- the problem is, we know it's not true,
1: but the average person. Who has only ever heard of Bitcoin on, you know, various different news broadcasts. And maybe their grandson has Bitcoin or their daughter has Bitcoin. They've never really taken a close look at it. They're going to read this story and they're going to say, Oh my God, Bitcoin's so dangerous.
3: It's Mm. being used for the average person thinks that their, their COVID would have been much worse if they hadn't had 17 vaccines Mm. for it.
2: Yeah, the, the <laughs> truth the truth of the matter is there are uh, a large volume, a large percentage of the volume in terms of transactions that are occurring, are in fact, literally they're 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 not illegal, but they're just trades. Um, mm-hmm. you know, from one currency to another, right? Sure. Um, and they're you know the investor type, right? However, that doesn't mean that there isn't substantial legal um you know usage, of cryptocurrencies. And there are, because if there weren't, there's no way my small business would ever be seeing, you know, people, you know, using cryptocurrency at it. Right. Um, it just it just wouldn't happen. And it's not. Right. And one of the nice things about cryptocurrencies is it's not like U.S. dollars. Right. Or, Thank goodness. you know, anybody can basically uh, purchase from from my company anywhere in the world in a currency that isn't tied to any specific nation, right? There's no conversion that has to happen. Um, if you if you go and you try to use like a credit card to buy something from Europe, there's going to be a conversion cost associated with mm-hmm. that. That isn't the case with cryptocurrency. Now, you might be saying, "Well, I have to buy Bitcoin or I have to buy cryptocurrency, and that has a cost." Well, no, technically you don't. You could also accept it. Your your um, employer could pay you in it. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way. Usually, you don't pay. Uh, a fee to accept it there's there may be a small fee to send it but it's a very very tiny fraction of what it would be for say a credit card transaction or something of that nature
3: scratch the surface of anybody that's defending the government and you'll find somebody with privileges they want to keep
2: Bitcoin also does not generate cash flow like real estate. No, it's a it's it's a currency. It's not supposed to. That's not what it was intended for. What does it mean to generate cash flow? What does that mean? That you're making money off of off of cryptocurrency, Mm -hmm. I I think, Um, or dividends. Actually, Um,
3: the problem is that it's been developing, it's been generating too much uh, cash flow, and that's what's gotten people's eyes off the prize. Yeah.
2: It does actually seem kind of an odd thing to say, actually. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean,
3: people have become billionaires off nothing but crypto. So mm-hmm. to say it doesn't generate any crypt, any cash flow yeah. is just kind of a lot.
2: It's, 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 you know, investing in crypto is more like investing, I think, in maybe something like, um, uh, uh, what would you call it? Like corn or a raw, some sort of raw material. Commodity. Right? commodity. Yeah, it's more like investing in a commodity than a company. To me, right it's more
3: like investing in um in PayPal, except a PayPal yeah that can exist maybe. outside the strictures. I've always seen it as um as the I've always seen the backing of bitcoin as being its ability to perform transactions because that's the only thing you really spend bitcoin on is transaction fees other than that you just pass it around
2: yeah i mean the transaction fees though are so tiny by comparison to um other means of you know conducting business and and that effectively the most biggest obvious most obvious one would be credit cards right mm-hmm. credit cards have it, it varies but it's it's usually a minimum of a 2.9 percent fee sure all the way up to like six percent and really that number you can double because most businesses are also using credit cards to purchase their stock with so therefore oh, so you get hit with it you're right? actually getting hit with it multiple wow. times neil is on the line listening to
1: k talks out there in arizona go ahead neil
4: Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm actually in Golden Shores, Arizona. Welcome, I got a question sir. about uh, um, uh, Bitcoin. Sure. Okay, so, so, and a couple of different ways of asking it. Say I want to go down to the local uh, Mercedes-Benz dealership in Lake Havasu City and buy me a new Mercedes-Benz convertible, and I got $180,000 in uh, Bitcoin, okay. and the dealership doesn't take Bitcoin can I just go into my wallet or or whatever and tell it to put 180 grand into my checking account?
3: Well, it depends on what sort of connections you have. Just like you need uh, connections, uh, you need banks that are talking to each other if you want to uh, to move money from one bank to another. So if you have a uh The short answer a, is
2: yes. Yes, you can yeah. with the right right software.
1: <laughs> yeah, you be, you have to have yeah. an account at a certain, you know, centralized entity like a Coinbase mm-hmm. or a Kraken. These are centralized Bitcoin exchanges, which of course is a risky thing to do. It, it's not the as we situation. Well, it's not
3: that risky if you're if you're getting in and getting out just to just to That's make true. It.
4: Naked trade. It's well,
3: risky not, to leave your stuff bankers, sitting there for a long time. Go ahead,
1: Neil.
4: Yeah, because I like I bank with Wells Fargo. I don't know if, they, if I can put money in there from, a, I have no idea how Bitcoin works, but uh, I don't have this money, but it's a hypothetical question. Mm-hmm. And so if, the, uh, if the dealership did take Bitcoin and all of a sudden I showed up with $180,000 Mercedes Benz convertible, would I have problems because they're wanting to know how the hell I got that?
1: Well, I would hope that a dealership wouldn't be asking you questions
4: like that, but I don't know what no, they have would to the do legally. Want to know how I how I got the car? Yeah,
2: I, I think that's that's an interesting question. Um, it, it's not it's not a money transmission issue. Um, as far as the dealership is concerned, I know that there are people who have bought vehicles from dealerships without present, presenting any kind of ID or you know anything like that. So I don't really? think there's a federal uh there, i don't think it's a federal issue um at least
1: i thought dealerships have to like go after paperwork with people with over ten thousand dollars in cash well, but i don't know about so i other thought, things. i
2: thought that too mm-hmm. and i it you know this is this is this these are questions that are complicated to answer i think and we're not attorneys and we're not attorneys so <laughs> you may want to seek seek uh you know advice from your attorney um but regardless about paperwork, but if the, you have got the general, paperwork... Go the general
3: advice that I'll give you is whatever it is that you've got, what you want to find is the buyer who prefers that to what you want.
2: I have a little bit of an understanding of this. Um, so I have a business and we do transactions that are you know, way more than $10,000 here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my legal understanding of it is this is from an accounting perspective more so than probably a lawyer perspective. But my understanding is effectively if you're doing like a check or you're doing some sort of wire transfer – or a credit card transaction, um, there's no, there's nothing to report to the government effectively. Um, if you do a, I think it's if you do a cash, because transfer, the bank is
3: already going to report it.
2: something like that. Um, if you do a cash, like physical in cash, if it's like over some amount of money, like maybe ten thousand, then they might have to do some sort of reporting. Um, but I don't think that I, I, I believe I've heard of people buying cars at a minimum, and maybe it just didn't meet the threshold of the ten thousand or whatever the rule is in cash and therefore they didn't have to fill out the additional paper. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But um, you can at least buy a car as I understand it, with, without having to go through um that, you know, that paperwork that you're you're talking about. Well he's asked specifically From a dealership. about the
1: DMV. If he goes to the DMV with a fancy car. I don't know about that. I don't know if that happens in some states and it doesn't happen it, in others. It might be a
2: state specific issue too, mm-hmm. right? So at least at the federal level, I don't think you know, I don't think so. That's I mean, an have issue. you
1: ever heard them doing that, Neil? Do you know of any friends who went to the DMV and they got questions? That's about, not really what
4: the DMV does.
2: That's what I would think. Yeah.
4: No, but you, um, actually it's the MBD out here, but they're going to want to collect. You know, I just wondered down Taxes. the line, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about people that show up with stuff that they didn't have the money to buy. And all of a sudden they got something they, somewhere down the line. If, if the government was going to ask me, where do you come up with the money? Well, never car. let
3: the government find out so, you have anything okay. cuz they'll
4: want to take it away from what? you whatever <laughs> it is
3: no matter let's, how you
2: got it let's back up the fact. let's <laughs> back up another <laughs> moment so when you register depending on the state you may have to pay a fee and that a fee tax per right. whatever the value of the vehicle right. is right in something. new hampshire it doesn't it doesn't matter it's just a yearly fee and it mm-hmm. may differ where you are but at least for yeah. the vehicle, when you go to register, there's a fee associated with registering that's based on – it's a percentage, at least in New Hampshire, a percentage of, like, the Blue Book value of the vehicle for the year. Older vehicles get a mm. bit of a discount. Mm-hmm. Older they are um, and so forth. So, like – there, there may be some sort of fee like that that you would pay at the DMV or maybe uh, where you, wherever you register your ta- uh register your vehicle. I think in New Hampshire it's actually at the town city hall, um, and not the DMV. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know I'm always going to city hall, or I was back in the day, um, going to city hall for that. I
4: think I have, n- I have never understood why the motor vehicle department, why you pay a fortune for tags on a brand new vehicle. But if you got one that's 20 years old, it costs you you $30, $40 a month a year to drive it on the road, and you're still using the roads. That's because they want to hit the. the They
3: rip you off for the same reason that. Progressive. It's a progressive tax. Because they can.
1: Yeah. There's an interesting development in a story we covered a few weeks ago on this program. I don't remember which night it was. I'm going to ask you guys if you remember this. Were you guys on the night Keith Ammon? No. State representative called in.
2: No, definitely no. not.
1: Okay, so Keith Ammon, he's a Free State Project uh, early mover. He is a multi-term rep now. I think he's probably been there maybe three terms, maybe more, uh, in the New Hampshire State House. He's one of the the Liberty reps, right? Liberty-minded guy ran as a Republican, got elected, and got elected again, and and just recently uh, won re-election this this November. He had come on to talk about. This development that's been happening with the Democratic National Committee. Now, as I said at the beginning of the show when I announced this topic, th- whatever the hell that goes on in the Democratic National Committee or the Republican National Committee or the Libertarian National Committee is boring stuff. Oh, yeah. Most of the time.
3: Except when they're, you know, conspiring with SSBX to uh, make, make billions off our losses.
1: Oh, you mean Bankman, the guy at uh, FTX? Yeah.
3: Bankman. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's, this isn't the story gone. About... bank Bankman because he acts just like a bank. Yes. I,
1: I, <laughs> and it's gone. I like to refer to him <laughs> as, uh, as Bankman. Uh, but anyway, that's not what the story is about. This is about the first in the nation primary. Now, for listeners that are outside of New Hampshire, you may be vaguely aware of this. You may notice maybe during presidential uh, election season. That the news media pays an inordinate amount of attention to New Hampshire. There's a lot of candidates that come to New Hampshire. Pretty much all of them do. Yeah. They, they come to New Hampshire. They go to little town halls and they go to little diners and things like that. And they try to act like human beings. And they try to pretend like, you know, they're like you and they're reachable and they eat ice cream and, you know, things like that. Right. They're trying to be amusing
3: almost- to watch. It's like try- it's like watching Charlie Chaplin trying to eat a shoe.
1: It's actually pretty disgusting to watch. I find these people to be uh, despicable individuals, and I wish they would just leave us alone. Yeah. And we may get our wish. Oh, I hope so. At least from the Democratic side of things. And that's what's been developing here over the last several months. It was Keith Ammon who who like really keyed in on this story, and he called in to really inform us on what was going on. So what has been happening is the Democratic National Committee is interested in taking away... The New Hampshire first in the primary status. But how can they do that? Because New Hampshire has a law that says that it has to be the first in the nation Peel the law. Well, no, no, they can't. They can't just do that because the Republicans are in charge in New Hampshire. But what so about they, with the Libertarians? Combine well, the two. No, no, no. <laughs> Plus, the Democrats want the first in the nation primary in New
2: Hampshire. Okay, so it's the national Democrats who want New Hampshire not to be the first in the nation, Right. I have, do I have that correct? Yes. And okay. I'll get into why here okay. in a moment. So I lo- I think I like this idea. Uh because it's it's this nationalism thing and getting us out of, you know, uh, the nation of, you know, the United States, removing New Hampshire from that seems like a good thing towards NH exit. Indeed. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I heard I heard a little bit of what you were thinking uh, uh nobody there about it.
3: I- Rich likes publicity.
2: Yeah. Uh, I might like
1: publicity too, but I think this will benefit NH Exit in that it will encourage some of the most hardcore Democrats to leave New Hampshire. And I'll explain that here. Really? Yeah, I'll explain that here in a moment. Oh, I love that. But- uh so so here's a little bit more about what is exactly happening. So the Democrats on the national level, a lot of them, want to take away New Hampshire's first in the nation status. Now, they know they can't change it by changing the law in New Hampshire. That would be very hard to do because there's still a lot of New Hampshire Democrats that love the attention, right? They they love having Barack Obama and Joe Biden and all their favorite politicians coming in and treating them like they're important. Because remember, after the, the, the first in the nation thing, New Hampshire gets ignored. Because it's just some crappy little two-party pers- two uh, – not two-party, but like what do they got? Two senators, two representatives, right? Like it's not a big deal when it comes – It's not. A, there's not a lot right, of right. Uh, electoral votes. It's, candidates will not spend time in New Hampshire if it doesn't have that first-in-the-nation status. So, so they can't change the law. Yeah. So what do they do? So the, apparently Keith uh, Ammon did research into this. He actually watched – amazing that he could – stand to watch this but (laughs) but he watched the meetings of the democratic national committee as they were discussing this
3: gotta hurt
1: i know Uh, but what he learned was that they want to take new hampshire's first in the nation status away because there aren't enough black people here basically there aren't enough people are you serious? of color there aren't, yeah there aren't enough so called people of color that's their which is the terminology to take it away that's the terminology wow. that they use so so they they didn't do anything about it before the election before this recent election but now the gears are in motion and here's the latest from nhjournal.com after months of speculation that its days were numbered news broke thursday night that's last night that President Joe Biden has asked the Democratic National Committee to kill the Granite State's first-in-the-nation presidential primary status. In a letter delivered to the Democratic National Committee's Rules and Bylaws Committee, Biden laid out his calendar for the 2024 primary season. South Carolina would go first in early February, followed by New Hampshire and Nevada on the same day a week later, then Georgia a week after that. Primary uh, for Michigan would be the following week. So New Hampshire would be demoted from first in the nation to uh, tied for second. Chuck is on the line listening to K-Talks up in, uh, he's listening to K-Talks online while being physically in Washington. Go ahead, Chuck, because K-Talks is in Arizona. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty much a dedicated listener. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. I, I don't even know where I can find you guys locally on the radio band. To it
1: depends. Area. I mean, we're on various different places. Uh, if you go to affiliates.freetalklive.com, that'll take you right to a full list of all of our stations. But, you know, we've only got like 180 stations, so maybe we're in your area. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're not. You, you'll have to check the list. Well,
0: I, you are in my area because you're on the, on the same rock as me. But if, well, okay, here's thanks. the thing. Uh, the freaking Democrats are doing things that are like attacking democracy. This is what I don't understand about Democrats, and they do it here in Washington, and they shoot themselves in the foot in places where they could, and they only—they ha- do it all the all the time. I don't understand it, especially with freedom of speech. This is what we get criticized for all the time—the uh, left or whatever. You know, we—when I say we, you know, the people that think on the left side of things—and I don't understand why this authoritarian. Um, you know, go after people has to be. Hmm.
1: Can you give me your a specific example of something you've seen? Oh, go ahead, nobody. Because
3: uh, because they they can't just steal your stuff without an excuse. They have to make up a reason that you're bad, and then they can take your stuff and people let you, and people will let them do it. Um, okay, well,
0: yeah. You know. Well, you wanted somebody mentioned on this conversation they needed a, a specific example of what what I'm talking about. And I can tell you what I'm talking about. OK, here. so <clears throat> I used to be uh, hyper partisan, I guess you could say I was a rah rah Democrat. And, you know, mm. uh, knew all the PCOs and this and that and by the bad But B and I started getting really uh, <coughs> upset because. First of all, they wouldn't listen to the people out in the woods. Mm. They only listened to Seattle and Spokane, that it seemed like, mm-hmm. you know, and they wanted everybody out in the rural uh, Democrat areas to vote on stuff real quick without any discussion, just so mm. they could get their meeting done. And so there was no, no really respect to that uh, constituency. And another thing that upsets me is when they've got these little tiny party rules, it's, they call it a code of conduct. And this is what I get upset about because they got your email and they can sit there and judge you and everything like that. If they don't like what you say, they can, uh, you know, I hate to bring up an Alex Jones thing, but shadow ban you. It's true.
1: The Democratic National Committee has a subcommittee, right? Because these people love their committees. Like, the committees have subcommittees, and the subcommittees yeah, have yeah, other yeah. subcommittees. And there's like, oh, we got to have meetings. And so they have, they have meetings of this uh, essentially ballot—what do they call it? Rules and Bylaws Committee of the Democratic National Committee. They had met over the summer, I, I believe. It was uh, Keith Ammon, who's a state representative and libertarian uh, mover here for the Free State Project, who revealed this— This fall, he had been watching this rules and bylaws committee and he determined that they were talking about this as a possibility. Now, they didn't vote. They kicked the can down the road past the election because they didn't want to stir the pot, you know, have big fallout, have Democrats fighting with one another until after the election. Because the Democrats in New Hampshire aren't happy about this, a lot of them. But the proposal is to get rid of this. Joe Biden has now written a proposal saying that uh, South Carolina will be the first in the nation primary for Democrats, followed by New Hampshire and Nevada a day or a week later. OK, so that's the proposal. But here's his reasoning for it. Biden wrote the following, quote, We must ensure that voters of color have a choice in choosing our nominee much earlier in the process and throughout the entire early window. As I
3: said, in so he fe- wants them to commit early so they don't rock the boat
1: he said as i said in february 2020 you cannot be the democratic nominee and win a general election unless you have overwhelming support from voters of color and that includes black brown and asian american and pacific islander voters so
2: for the democrats this is it's all about race how, them. I, you know, as I understand it, New Hampshire law determines the primary. Correct. And New
1: Hampshire law says New it, Hampshire has the first in the nation primary right.
2: by law. So, OK, so obviously you can't control other states laws, Correct. but it, the way it's worded, I thought it effectively would move the date earlier Correct. make it earlier, uh, if, always ahead of whatever other state has a law that. Only if it's a state that makes that law.
1: This is not a state that is making the law. This is the Democratic National Committee who's making a rules change. Or they haven't made it yet. This is just Biden's Mm. proposal, but it's coming from the president, right? So like, this is going to have a lot of weight. There's a good chance they were already talking about it over the summer. So again, this isn't a done deal. But it's the gears are moving forward on this. So this isn't another state. This isn't South Carolina passing a law saying they're going to be the first in the nation. Mm-hmm. Because then you're right. New Hampshire's law then says, well, we got to be earlier, and it automatically would move New Hampshire's uh, first in the nation prim- primary to before South Carolina. Right. Uh, but it won't matter what New Hampshire does or what New Hampshire does. The proposal here is to make the rules of the D- Democratic National Committee say that it will be south carolina's primary that will be considered the first primary now what does that mean i can see like you're trying to figure out what that means and i, w- I didn't yeah. get it until keith explained it here basically what they're going to do is they're going to punish people who want to run in the new hampshire primary as democrats you could still run Like Vermin Supreme, for instance, could still throw his boot into the ring and he could still run as a Democrat, but he would have no chance of getting any Democrat support, essentially, if he runs in the New Hampshire primary. At the national level. At the national level, correct. Interesting. So basically they're trying to tell all their candidates, hey, look, stay out of New Hampshire. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's Amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.